happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Cool Zone Media. Welcome to Nick It Happened Here, a podcast about, I mean, I don't know, this is coming out like Tuesday, right? Maybe Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You, you yep. probably know what this podcast is about. If you don't, it's about things falling apart, putting it back together again. I, I'm your host, Mia Wong. With me is James. Hi, Mia. I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, yeah, yeah, to learn some stuff. I'm sure it'll be yeah. great. <laughs> no, nothing. Well, okay. The, the good news is that the first guy we're talking about died. That's that's the only good news. <laughs> great, great. I guess magnificent. it's slightly more good news. But we're doing some episodes about the Daily Wire. Uh, you're going to get a lot more actual stuff about the Daily Wire in the next two episodes. This is the this is the preliminary background information episode. But you know, if, for people who aren't familiar with the Daily Wire, the Daily Wire is a very large and very powerful right wing media empire. They're you know Ben Shapiro's people. Matt Walsh is there. And they are, they've become increasingly powerful because of their ability to drive the actions of sort of like, not even really mid-level, like high, mid-high level, like Republican officials, particularly at a state level towards, you know, horrific anti-trans policies, stuff like that. Yep. They've harnessed incredible divorced dad power. Of, of those two guys it, it, like it's like a uh, <laughs> yeah it's like a pokemon situation <laughs> you know like they just it's inside it's like shaken ball but sometimes they, they let it out and uh, and control the republican party with it yeah and so okay you know but in, in order to really sort of understand who these people are and why they're able to sort of be like this we need to talk about the ways that this is new, because, you know, there's always been sort of right-wing, like, Christian media figures who do terrible stuff. But the way the Daily Wire works is different than this stuff has worked in the past. And in order to understand what is different about this than these sort of, like, previous eras of, like, Christian anti-queer violence, we need to talk about neoliberalism. Oh, good. So... <laughs> this is this is not the normal starting place for talking about the religious right. But if you want to actually understand what's happening right now, you have to go back to the origin and structure of neoliberalism so you can understand how it shaped right-wing Christian organizing in the last about 50 years. I want to start this by talking about a guy 
who is not normally considered part of the Christian right at all. In fact, he's not even an American, and his greatest influence is on his home country of Germany. The man I'm talk- <laughs> I want to talk about is Wilhelm Ropke. Uh, I've okay. mentioned him on this show before, but that was several years ago. Now, he is not a very well-known figure, and that's not good because he is one of the smartest and one of the most dangerous neoliberals. So in order to, to, to really get a sense of who Ropke is, we need to talk about the beginnings of neoliberalism. So we need to talk about Hayek and his sort of attempt to recruit a bunch of new liberals to oppose, well, mostly to oppose communism. It, it later becomes about also opposing fascism. But the problem that Hayek has is that, so in, in the 19th, this is happening in the 1920s, like really the 1930s. The problem is that the people who Hayek had been trying to recruit from Germany during the 30s all joined the Nazi party. <laughs> so <laughs> in many such cases. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. a real issue for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, the libs have let us down. Shocked. Yeah. So, you know, in, 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 the, in the 1940s after the war, when Hayek is trying to do this again, uh, he turns to William Ropke instead of the original guys who've been Nazis, because Ropke had been out of the country for the whole Nazi thing, so he kind of had skipped out on it. Okay, smart move on his part. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, th- this this gets him an invite to, like, Montpellier, and so the whole sort of the origins of neoliberalism. And Ropke is, a, he's one of the architects of what's called ordo-liberalism. So the ordo-liberals are one of the factions of... You know, they're one of the factions of neoliberalism. What's interesting about them, I mean, we're going to talk a bit about what they believe, but what's interesting about the order liberals is that they're not really economists. I mean, some of them are, but it's a lot of sociologists. And this means that the way that they think about the world is very different than the way that like Hayek or, you know, like a, like von Mises or like all the, the you know, the, the sort of like mainline, like guys who are economists in, in the neoliberal yeah. movement think. The order liberals believe that there is a, a natural capitalist hierarchy in a society that produces stability, but they also understand that capitalism in general and neoliberalism, like specifically the thing they're trying to bring about, atomizes people. You know, it, it destroys social bonds, it tears the fabric of communities apart, and it destroys the notion of any collective self-identification, replacing them with sort of market exchange and empty consumer symbols masquerading as identity. You know, think, for example, the rise of stand culture or, I mean, God, like the thing we do, which is like, <laughs> yeah, podcasting, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like going to say streamers, yeah. you yeah. know, so All that's, your friends are on your phone. Yeah. So this is extremely bad. And Ropke realizes this is a real issue for the success of neoliberalism because people don't actually like being completely autonomized market agents with no real social relations other than wages and contracts. And, you know, if presented with these options, they might, for example, turn to communism or God forbid anarchism. Yeah, but Ropke, you know, Ropke is on the side of bad and the side of bad. Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah. I think a great <laughs> title for the episode. Neoliberalism, colon, the side of yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Mia's biography. Sorted. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, Ropke's conclusion from this is that you can't just rely on the market passively coming into existence because if, mar- if markets were supposed to passively come into existence or if they were, you know, like the sort of like spontaneous order thing that Hayek talks about when he's lying, 
Like if that was actually true, they would just have they there would be everything would be market economies already. Yeah, yeah. So, this is, you know, so Roki, the natural order of things. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, like we would have had the exact same economic and political system for the last thirty thousand years, but we haven't. So in order to do this, you have to make people into good neoliberal market subjects. And this requires the intervention of the state. The product of this is that Ropke is one of the architects of what's called structural policy. And these are these are specific state policy things that are used to create markets by, you know, sometimes it's it's there, there, there's a whole variety of sort of ways that this happens, but it, it, by by acting on and transforming like physically people, right? Like what they do, what they believe, how they how they congregate, like what things they're allowed, not allowed to do, what things are incentivized. This this is structural policy. This is the origin of what's later going to be called structural reform, which is the kind of stuff that the IMF does to an economy to create markets by taking food from the mouths of babies and making the babies work to get the food. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's the only way. Yeah, and, and, and that part of neoliberalism, broadly, a lot of that comes from order liberalism, and it comes from people like Ropke. But Ropke realizes that you know, there, there's there's a problem with structural policy as an abstract concept, right? Which is that in order for it to work, you need to a take control of the state because again, this is a state, this is a top down state reform project, right? And b there has to be something beyond the state to create the kind of subjectivity you need to instill, you know, to instill in people to make them behave, quote unquote, as market agents, right? You can't just use the state and the market to make people behave in the way that they're supposed to, you know, to be good sort of like workers for the, the, the workers for the great market. You need something else. And specifically, neoliberalism needs its own form of collectivity. It needs its own thing that creates social bonds between people. It needs its own kind of sort of identification to combat the sort of collective society of the left. Now, part of Ropke's plan, and this is something he shares with the other order liberals, is that they want to do this with, you know, they they want to use the patriarchal family and small businesses as like the sort of social basis of, of all of their sort of right-wing politics. This is very normal right-wing politics stuff. They also have, weirdly, this is one of the things it's in the 50s and 60s, is there's a lot of sort of on every side of the political aisle, like kind of romantic utopianism-ish about like the countryside. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. this can swing wildly between like Mao or like the Japanese fascists or the neoliberals. They they have this dream of sort of turning rural areas into these like bastions of like reaction against the left, and that did kind of happen in the U.S., but it didn't happen like it it it, it, it happened because the rural economy was completely annihilated and replaced with like a series of meth labs. Not because of like, <laughs> yeah, yes. which yeah. I guess technically was a downstream result. It just that it didn't, it wasn't the sort of idyllic, like good, like farmer family things that these people wanted. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, uh, they got there in an interesting way. Yeah. With like massive agribusiness and meth labs are your two choices in life. Yeah. And like, and you know, so like, uh, like, yes, they, 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 this is one of these things where instead of achieving their goals through cultural means, they achieve their goals through like the massive, uh, like, unbelievable economic violence. But, you know, okay, so that, that's the other thing. that that, that And that stuff's all sort of standard neoliberal theory, right? But what makes Ropke kind of unique is that he's 
really one of the first of these people to realize that you need another force. And that force is the church. And this is something that people don't talk about a lot when they talk about neoliberalism, but a lot of these people are very, very deeply Christian. Um, here's Ropke talking about his ideal society, quote, rendering to the king what is owed to the king, but also giving to God what belongs to God. <laughs> so <laughs> what belongs to God? <laughs> like now, I'm, <laughs> now I'm concerned. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's, it's funny because like he's taken the Bible verse, like he's taken the, the render unto Caesar, like what belongs to Caesar, render unto blah, 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 blah. But like, it's, he's made it enormously more alarming. Yeah. Yeah. Deeply. Like, cause like, like the thing about the render under Caesar is that that's a statement about, about like living under the Roman empire. Right. Right. Like, this is just, he just wants you to fucking have a king. <laughs> like, yeah, just yeah, wants yeah, to yeah. give shit to. <laughs> and Everyone needs also a, king. a god who is also yeah. your king. <laughs> right. It, it's not even like uh, like the necessity of the state thing. Like, you you just no. dump, dumped in a, like a pointless hereditary inbred person to give money to. Yeah, I mean, he's not like I. I so okay, I, I, I should I should probably not slander him as thoroughly as I'm doing here because I, I don't actually quite think he literally becomes a monarchist, but he does believe that there should be like I I don't know how you describe it like there should be democratic parties, but that like actual economic policy shouldn't be like managed <laughs> by them like, right, like a, you need like a supra thing above the democracy which is the imf to make sure that this the the little the little democratic people don't like start getting any ideas about the economy <laughs> you like a yeah like a technocracy like a like yeah yeah but, but you know but state but like the thing with the technocracy and, and this is this is genuinely kind of what has been happening in europe is that like living under a technocracy really sucks Yes, like yeah. it sucks. Like politically, it sucks materially, and it sucks like emotionally. And you know, the right has been able to make a lot out of sort of like this opposition to like the global bureaucracies or whatever. Which is like okay, like you guys made these things in the first place. Like I, I, you don't, you don't get a fucking complaint yeah. about the bureaucracies that you set up and ran. But you know, that hasn't stopped him. Yeah, but but Ropke, Ropke, you know, so a lot of the other order liberals become really sort of like you know, are, become obsessed with taking over the IMF, which they do, and they take over the World Bank, and they become, you know, they do that stuff. Ropke is obsessed with using the with using religion as, like, another kind of social force that he can bind the neoliberal sort of movement together with. And so he sets out to form, like, like a, react, a kind of, like, reactionary Catholic international to bring neoliberalism to the world. <laughs> that is a troubling concept. Yeah, so it doesn't work, which is the good news. Well, and the, the problem is, it doesn't work. It, it's not that it doesn't work because it's a bad idea. The reason that it doesn't work is that he's trying this in like the fifties and sixties, and it is too early for that shit. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I mean, and this is something I I feel like I should at some point I should actually do a deep dive into this on the show. But I, I've talked about this a couple of times. Th there is a very powerful form of kind of like conservative Christian politics in Europe at this time. Uh, it's like the Christian democracy movements. There's like a, if every single country, if you look at it, yeah. like this from like the fifties through like 
the 90s. I mean, and even to this day in Germany, for example, like there was a party called the Christian Democrats. Yeah. And they win like at least 60% of all elections. Like in Italy, they're in power for like 40 years. But the problem with Christian democracy from the perspective of someone like Roki is that like if you sort of if you take like these parties, right? These parties are, you know, these are these are the, the Christian conservatives of this era. They are way, way too far left for uh for Ropke. And that's not just the sort of like rope look at how far right Ropke is, although he is. Um it, so like if if you took Aldo Moro, who's like the great Italian Christian Democratic statesman, multiple time prime minister of Italy, uh killed in an insane web of conspiracies. But like <laughs> if you so took yeah, it, it, look, I, I'm not gonna talk about here, but like, if you took Aldo Moro and you dropped him into the modern American Congress, he would be to the le- he is again the leader. He's like the leader of Italian. Well, I mean, he's, not, he's technically from the central left faction of the Christian Democrats, but he's like the guy who's not a socialist or a communist, like in terms of Italian politicians, who's not also a fascist. And if you took him from like the 70s and you plopped him into the American Congress, he would be to the left of AOC. Like AOC is pro ceasefire in Gaza, right? Like she she's pro ceasefire in 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 yeah. Palestine. Aldo Moro allowed the the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, which is the, the Palestinian uh, communist paramilitary, yeah. to operate out of and carry out attacks like from <laughs> Italy, right? Like this <laughs> yeah. guy, you would like he is well. If, if, if you, you go far him, enough right, you might get that as well. To be fair, no, like, but but they, it wouldn't be the PFLP though. I yeah, know, like, I guess I guess some of the German neo Nazis kind. Of liked them, but right, yeah, yeah. Like, like ima- imagine in the U.S. any politician being like, "Yeah, the PFLP could operate out of the U.S. <laughs> our only, our only, our only condition is that we like we're gonna let you operate, but we're not gonna like protect you from uh like Shimbet or whatever. Right. Like, you're, no, yeah, we're yeah. not Shimbet, the Mossad. Yeah, like we're not protect you from the Mossad. Like, but you know, you can you can do your stuff here. Can you imagine <laughs> that shit happening? This guy was a con- this guy is a conservative in Europe, <laughs> right? In the seventies, yeah. like you know. So this is what Ropeke's responding to. Like the 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 existing Christian, you know, and, and and you know, to some extent, like the Christian the Christian Democrats are very very successful at stopping communism. Right, they're really good at it. They stop communism from taking hold anywhere in Europe. But they're not like capitalist enough for Ropeke. So when we come back from this thing Ropeke would have loved, which is ad transitions, we're going to talk about <laughs> uh, more of what Ropeke was doing and how it shaped neoliberalism and the Christian right. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit tomboyx.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and last on the business. I understand now. 
is a wise man marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Woo, yay, we're back. Uh, Roki is having a great time in his grave. We're going to get to the thing that makes him spin in his grave, which I'm very excited about. Excellent. But, okay, so, you know, uh, like, as, as we've sort of been talking about, the Christian Democrats are not the Christian. The Christian Democrats in a lot of countries are Catholic. Um, Some of them, mm-hmm. like, I think, like, there are Protestant, like, Christian yeah, Democratic the German- things, but, like... Yeah, but like a lot of a lot of them are Catholic. So I mean, it's 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 a really interesting kind of like predecessor to like modern far right politics, where you get these like both in the U.S. and in Latin America, where you get these sort of like these Catholic Protestant alliances. Like for this is this is like Matt Walsh, you know, we're gonna be talking about more in the next two days. Like is a Catholic theocrat, right? But a lot of his base are like you know are like Baptists and like the more even more feral charismatic Christians and like. You know, but but yeah. you know, but these these groups are able to sort of work together, but they're not able they're not working together in the way that Roki wants. So, and and this is the thing that I think is is very very scary about Roki, and and especially about the people who took this model, right? Whether explicitly or implicitly, people who people who figure out the same because a lot of people, some people like kind of directly discover it from Roki. Some people discover it through like. I very weird readings, right wing readings of Gramsci. Uh, it's a whole thing. What? I'll talk. Yeah, one day I'm gonna get Eve on the show, and we're gonna talk about that because it's fucking wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the? Fl- yeah, wow. I feel like Gramsci is not the most like inaccessible. You know, like it. it you know, there there are some like left theorists who just just vomit words so much that so you can just project meaning onto them, but. I have not. Well, heard I mean, they're they're thing. They're thing. This is this is uh, Eve Edinger's like thesis is that they, these people saw that like leftists were reading Gramsci, read Gramsci, and were like, "We're going to do the right wing version of this." Uh, okay, yeah. So now I see. Yeah, it, but yeah. but you know, so, so some of these people are are rediscovering the same things that Robke has figured out in like the fifties. But ro- the thing that Robke is doing is he he's figured out all the essential elements of the modern Christian right. You promote neoliberalism with one hand. And then you sell the solution to the atomization that your neoliberalism causes on the other hand with the church. And this, yeah. the church, yes, will, will serve as the basis of your political organization. Yeah, that is, that is, a, uh, is a way of doing it. Yeah, and I mean, this, it's an interesting, there's a lot of people who do this same thing. Like, at some point I'm going to finish 
my I'm going to write the thing about like this is actually what libertarianism is to a broad extent is that libertarians are the people who like take the problems that the market produces and then try to sell you a solution which is more of those same problems but worded <laughs> differently <laughs> yeah yeah so with, uh, with people allowed to smoke weed now so it's fine yeah but but you know so but this is this is the christian version of it um but again ropeke to a large extent is smarter than the people who come after him because he understands that this project this 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 sort of christian deliberate project is a constant struggle against atomization that and and this atomization has to be actively politically combated by the church like both politically and socially and if it's not like actively combated by the church this whole project is going to start to come apart now Ropke is not the man who's going to lead the mob of christian fanatics into the promised land and part of this is also because he is like too racist for like the 60s which again it's quite racist like so like in the parts of the 60s when he's saying the really racist stuff like segregation is legal in the u.s right like yeah, yeah, yeah. like that this is this is this is where we're at with this stuff and he's too racist for that um and the thing that he's really really racist about is rhodesia now, oh fucking hell i yeah, didn't expect so like, a rhodesia appearance yeah yeah this is this is the rhodesia yeah. pivot which is that like okay so the, the orthodox neoliberals people like hayek are pro rhodesia right and this is a uh, uh, milton friedman that these people are pro rhodesia but they're smart enough to use dog whistles and talk about it in terms of like economic terms and like stability of government blah 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 blah, blah. rope key is just openly saying race war shit like i'm not gonna read it <laughs> but he is effectively like the spiritual forefather of like the 4chan mass shooter like that that's how racist he is damn and you know it turns out that just again openly like open race war shit is like too much for hayek and he gets kicked out of the mainstream neoliberal organizations and tragically tragically for all of us ropeke dies before he can see his beloved uh, rhodesia reduced to a pulp by uh, a series of anti-imperialist insurgencies he he dies before the, he dies before <laughs> yeah. all of the Rhode- rhodesian or yeah. like society's fucking fuel supplies stored in one spot are blown <laughs> yeah, up i was gonna say <laughs> see if they'd had a more distributed market economy mia they they would have had uh just just that all their fuel in one giant bottle which uh they, they burned spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't been following the history of rhodesia not a country anymore yeah thank christ uh yeah. actually don't think christ fuck christ christ didn't do shit yeah thank all those people who thank, went out thank, there thank and the killed bigots Cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, and of course, okay, all the American people who went over to join the Rhodesian military and killed uh, other white Rhodesians by accident by shooting at people who were theoretically on their side. Yeah, shout out to them. We're, we're not going to get into North Korea backing another genocide in in Zimbabwe here. That's also a fucking thing. Uh, I'm not doing apologies for that because that shit fucking sucked. Yeah, but uh, you know, okay, but he 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 dies before he can see his beloved Rhodesia fucking eat shit and die but what ropeke had is a very clear version of the neo the hierarchical neoliberal society that he wanted to create right and he is very especially by the end of his life he is very explicit about what this is it is a christian white supremacist patriarchal world and to build it the right is going to have to use the church to stave off the alienization and atomization of capitalism Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year 
Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back. Now, in order to build this new world, the world that Ropeke sort of imagines, the religious right, the actual religious right that's going to bring this stuff into fruition, sets off from a number of angles. Um, I think the most famous part of this is probably the sort of moral majority infrastructure, which is this network of like think tanks, political advocacy organizations, TV networks, mailing lists, like their own insane right wing colleges. Um, Yeah. God, terrifying places. But the fundamental social basis, right, the fundamental collective space around which the right is organized was the church. There's been a lot of sociological talk in the last few years about, like, quote-unquote, third spaces. So third space is supposed to be this place that's, like, not the home or not the workplace that people can exist in and form bonds in. And, you know, people talk about, like, bridge clubs, blah, 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 blah. But the thing about the U.S., is that like the fucking YMCA, like all of these things that people talk about as the third space are just the church in different forms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally church or a bunch of church run events. Yeah. Well, especially like the more like rural you get, like it is. Yeah. It. And, and this is, and this is one of these things like th- this was actually like one of the sort of rear flanks of the workers movement, right? Which is that like in large parts of Appalachia, right? You have a bunch of really, really militant like miners unions, for example, but then, you know, but all of them are also like are also are also Baptists. And that is fine as long as, you know, you're 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 dealing with Baptists who are doing well, I mean, I say fine, but like it, it's not an existential threat to the workers movement when you're dealing with like like, you know, like uh, it's easier for an arrow to like sorry, it's easier for a camel to walk through the head of a pin than it is for a rich man to go to heaven Baptists. But the moment that stuff starts flipping, that's a very, very dangerous sort of rear guard. You see this in Asian American communities where, like, 
you know, Asian Americans generally like the last two generations, like millennials and Gen Z are tacking really, really hard left, except the fucking Christians who are like <laughs> forming this for this insane rear guard because I've complained about this before. But I'm fucking I'm doing I'm, this, this. This this is a Christianity episode. I could fucking talk about this. Uh, the, the thing the thing about Asian Christians is that they're all they're almost all like first gen converts. So they all have convert brain. Which means oh, they're all yeah, completely fucking batshit. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, and the, this is one of the things that we're talking about here, right? Is that the, physically the church serves as this very, very important engine of, of counter-revolution. It serves as this engine of sort of spreading reactionary politics, even among groups of people who you normally wouldn't get that kind of sort of right-wing politics from. And this is where, you know, faced, faced with the sort of leftward shifts in the U.S. in the 60s, 70s, and globally, too, faced with, you know... I mean, literally the specter of revolutions and not even like sometimes not even specters like, you know, this is post 68, right? There's been a bunch of actual uprisings. Yeah. And the, the place that they make their move is by trying to seize control of various pieces of church infrastructure. Um, we're going to take a Catholic example and a Protestant example, and we're not going to do the obvious Orthodox example because we'd be here for a fucking century. So let's start with Ropke's beloved Catholic church. Um, I think... I don't know. If I'm going to do a little bit of left inside baseball, I think people on the left tend to be really obsessed with the the like liberation theology people. But the problem with liberation theology people is that they were around for maybe like 30 years, right? But by the time you get to the end of the 80s, these people are all dead, right? Like they're either dead or they're like Ortega and they've become these like literally they start calling themselves the third way. And are like yeah. cutting all these deals with like really right wing social groups. The, but so and so this means that the, the the dominant politics of like the the capital like T capital C the Catholic Church is very gets very very right wing. Well, it's not even that it, so much that it gets right wing, but it is very right wing, and, and the stuff that they're doing is very very scary. One of the things that I don't think people really realize is that, so that you probably, you've heard the term gender ideology. Yeah. You <laughs> yes, know, I have, man. Yeah. Do you know where <laughs> yeah. that's from? Is it from, I've fucking forgotten the place where Harry Potter goes. Uh, oh, Hogwarts? Uh, Hogwarts, yeah. Hog, no, Hogwarts J- Castle. J- JFK is a fucking Johnny come late bastard. Like, yeah. she, she, she got into yeah. this game after that shit had already started. <laughs> yeah. Gender ideology is a term JFK developed... JFK Rowling. JFK Rowling is a powerful, <laughs> powerful fucking... Oh, no, speaking of Catholics, oh. though, like, yeah. no, yeah. this... The term gender ideology comes from the Catholic Church. And it's developed in reaction specifically to feminism, and very specifically for, it's, it's, it's developed in reaction to, arg- to arguments from feminists that that you know that gender is socially constructed you know because in the catholic church's position is like well no that's heretical because obviously gender was assigned by god and because gender is assigned right. by god like women are like you know women are like like yeah, yeah, submissive blah, blah 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 yeah like natural yeah, yeah. this, this is this is this is the natural order this isn't like a sociologically constructed thing this is the natural order this yeah, is how yeah. it's always been it's how it's always billy be because they're like un like unfathomably sexist is this like around the like Elaine Pagels beef with the church? I'm not sure if Elaine Pagels is familiar with Elaine Pagels. God the Father, God the Mother. I think this is a bit before my time. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. This is uh, 
for world history stands at the University of California a common topic. Well, I, I think I think this is actually in the same. I've played videos of her to my students, and it's definitely in the eighties. <laughs> like the, the the vibe is powerfully eighties. That uh, yeah, so I guess that's a bit late because so a lot of the gender ideology stuff comes out of the early night. Well, I guess it's like early nineties. Okay, so one of the things that happens is that a lot of you know in, in the nineties, the Catholic Church and they have a bunch of like rad femme allies here, by the way. Do have this massive fight in the UN about like recognizing the right to abortions and other like sexual reproductive rights. And the red femmes are pissed off because there, I mean, there's a whole, so they're, they've been, they're aligned with the Catholic church. It's like an anti-sex work thing and like an anti-porn thing. And then also like a lot of the red femmes, well, I get, I got in so much trouble for saying this, but like, holy shit, there's so many of those people are insanely transphobic. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Yeah. But you know, but like th- this, well, this is this. There's this massive battle inside the United Nations between f- a bunch of feminists and, or like feminists who are like normal, and then like the the, the, <laughs> the, the, the shitty rad fem factions yeah. and the Catholic Church on the other side. And Pope Benedict, in particular, goes like all out on this stuff, both on the international level and in terms of like local churches. Like, goes on the offensive against abortion and queer liberation. And meanwhile, the Protestant church is doing, like, exactly the same thing. They are, like, a pro- except, like, I think, I think, like, even more fascist, <laughs> which is really, really, and I, and I say this as someone who was raised Lutheran, like, that, that is really the core of Protestantism, is, like, what if we did Catholicism, but, like, somehow shittier? Like, like, Martin Luther, one day I'm going to do my thing on the world's greatest kind of revolutionaries, and then one of them is Martin Luther, because... Oh, yeah, very quickly. Because, like, like... I, I, my, my argument for this is that the greatest kind of revolutionary is the person who starts out at on on the side of the revolution and then turns against it. And so Martin Luther's thing was he was trying to outflank the Catholic Church in the 1600s from the right on anti-Semitism. Sorry, I meant uh, 16th, 16th century, uh, 1500s, 1500s. Which is even worse, 1500s Catholic Church, they have expelled, they have like, ex- just, they have, they are, this is this is in the period where they're like expelling all of the Jews from Spain, right? And Martin Luther's <laughs> trying to like flank them. And th- this is the kind of shit that's happening like in the US at this point, which is, you know, th- this is, this is, this is the, this is the Protestant sort of following the Catholic, like, why? Well, and in some ways blazing their own trail of, of, of going really hard right. So, Probably the most famous, and I think definitely one of the most important examples of this, is the right-wing seizure of the Southern Baptist Convention in 1979. So, for people who don't know about the Southern Baptist Convention, they are a very, very large and influential like group of Baptist churches, and they've been kind of like they'd been anti-segregation, they'd been sort of like oh, wow. trending left, and. There's and this is one of the things. This is a very very famous thing in in the history. Like if if you you know in in sort of like the the, the history and mythos of the right wing is like in 1979 at, at this convention these like there's like these group of pastors who are like ah the church is getting too woke or getting too left wing. <laughs> yeah. It's like they scrawled out this plan like on a fucking napkin to like how they were going to take over the church and they do it. They 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 seize they seize control of the Southern Baptist Convention and they purge all of their enemies and it is. Very, very quickly, within a matter of like a couple of years, is converted into this factory for right wing violence. Yeah, you know, they they are 
they ruthlessly purge any dissent in the churches. A bunch of churches leave because they're like, what the, who the fuck are these people? Like just these absolute right wing fanatics just like I've taken control. So a bunch of churches leave, but a lot of them stay. And you know what, what their, what their project is, is that they start creating these sort of totalitarian micro states. Like in like, this is, this is what they turn churches into. And this is what they turn households into because these households become enormous centers of abuse like just unfathomable amounts of violence get sort of get get sort of spread out of this stuff and you know the, the way that these things work right is 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 you, you may have seen have you seen those like fucking deranged umbrella memes that the christian right makes on twitter no i've been so the, okay there's supposed to be like these like umbrellas and there's like each person each umbrella or the umbrella like protects you from a thing so there's like the family and inside the family they're like protected by the authority of the husband Protected by the authority of the church, protected by the authority of like the theocratic state. <laughs> I, I okay, no, this is like the most cursed Russian doll. It's awful, and yeah. this this is just what these people believe, right? And and they they enforce this through psychological and physical violence. These people are they're sending out instruction manuals about how to beat your children, right? And how to do it in ways that you won't get caught. The, you know, like what, what, what I'm saying that these are like totalitarian microstates. That's not an exaggeration. That is that is what these households are like. They're unbelievably violent. You as a child are under constant surveillance. You are literally forced to through physical violence to maintain their gender norms. And this is the base of the Christian of the homophobic Christian right. These, these churches are pumping out shock troopers, and these are the shock troopers both of neoliberalism and homophobic and transphobic violence. And when I say shock troopers, I do mean this literally because an enormous number of these people, and this is part of part of the reasons politics starts to fall apart. Like I grew up around these people. A lot of these people went to fucking Iraq and got the absolute shit blown out of them. But you know, these these people, like these these churches, this is, you know, you, you can you can look at the sort of panoply of of the people who do right wing like homophobic violence, right? The queer basher, the parent who kicks their kid out of their homes for being gay, the homophobic boss who fires and abuses queer workers, the doctor who assaults us and then denies us medical care. These people are pumped up by the church. And what the church is doing here is they're serving as the equivalent of sort of un- of unions on the left, right? And when I say unions, I'm talking more like the 1907 IWW than like the 2023 AFL-CIO. These churches are the social and organizational space in which the right constructs its world, Right. It's it's the sort of nexus of homophobic organizing from the beginnings of the homophobic right through like their fight against gay marriage. But Kaba, something happened that Robke. Well, I think Robke might have suspected this, but something happened that his inheritors did not expect, and that something is uh, I. The something thing I failed to consider is what if neoliberalism came for the church. So, one of the things that has happened in the last, and I mean, literally, we are talking the last 10 years, or 10 to 15 years, really the last like 10 years, church attendance, and this is also actually true, well, of of synagogue and mosque attendance, although church attendance has been declining way more. It used to be like, you know, if if, if you're, are you a member of a church, mosque, or synagogue, right? Like Gallup has been pulling this since the fucking 40s. It used to be the the the, the rate of it of, of being a member of a church, synagogue, or mosque was it, it was for for like basically until like two thousand, it was hovering around seventy yeah. percent. It's now forty seven. That is a catastrophic drop. Yeah. That is a rewriting 
of like fundamentally what the U.S. is. The U.S. has been a like Christian hell state like since it was created, right? Like the U.S. is founded by like religious extremists whose problem is that they weren't allowed to persecute Catholics enough. So th- th- this has been this has been a a church country more so than like most of the European countries who did the settling. Up until literally the last 20 years and the drop between 2010 and now is like 14%. And this is, this is, and and, and it's not just that the membership rates are going down, like the actual, actual church attendance is going down. And so, and so in, in this context where less people are going to a church, less people belong to a church the political strategies that have been based on using the church as like your default social network, uh, they don't have the kind of reach that they used to. Yeah. And if, if, if that's your political strategy, this is a catastrophe for you. Now, you know, we can talk, there are like, there are lots of reasons this is happening. Part of which is sort of like the secularization of the U S part of this is that there've been so many fucking atrocious abuse scandals in these churches that people are just fucking leaving because that's what happens. Yeah. You know, on it. <laughs> and one, one day, one day, the thing I really will get canceled for is when I'm going to, the, the episode I do about the, how this happened in the DSA and how it just hollowed out the membership because, you know, it turns out when people get yeah. abused, they just fucking leave. Yeah. Not just the DSA. Like, unfortunately, yeah, like, this happens it, in so many organizing. Like this is yeah, like, this is far, far too often on too, the left. Right? Yeah. Stop yeah. being fucking creeps. Yeah. But like, you know, fellow cis dudes. Man, yeah. The, the Christian right has it particularly bad because they don't yeah, they well, they will do. never address it. Right. <laughs> this is part of yeah. their, their ideology is that this is good. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, at least in the left, like it keeps fucking happening. We do recognize it's bad. We sometimes just seemingly people on the left are prepared to allow it to happen because they think yeah. it's not as bad as the alternative, but which is bullshit. But yeah, when you have a church which actively kind of encourages it. The, yeah, that's bad, and, actually, and 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 part of and the other the other thing that's happening here, right, is that like the other thing that's generating this is just the is just the neoliberal atomization of society. Like it's it's tearing apart the sort of like social bound, you know. And, and and I mean, one of the things I think you have to be careful of when you talk about neoliberalism tearing about social bonds is that not all a lot of those bonds sucked. Like <laughs> yeah. it was not good that everyone with seventy percent of Americans were going to church, right? Like not good yeah. at all. That sucked. It was deeply evil. But you know, it, it tears apart like it, it tears it tears apart bonds, not entirely without regard to ideology, but it it still does do it. And this means in, in this context has completely reshaped what right wing like anti queer and anti trans organizing looks like. And the right right now, the right solution to that is the Daily Wire. And we will get explained that in very great length tomorrow and the day after that. So stay tuned. Dun, dun, dun. It's the entry of the bad guy. Well, we already had a bad guy, I guess, but he's dead. These ones. Yeah. This is the bad guy number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three, four, maybe after the Catholic Church and the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're right up there, though. I mean, they've yeah. still got time, too. You know, they're, they're yeah. already only in their ascendancy, so we shouldn't judge them too early. Yep. But yeah, this has been Naked Happened Here. Uh, go make these people's lives miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bench Pair is miserable uh, because I wrote a piece for Pop Mechanics about how to tear down a statue and he is still <laughs> mad about it. Because <laughs> he said, I can't wait for their piece about Molotov cocktails. And then I wrote that as well. So Ben Shapiro can suck it. 
thank you for the career help, Ben Shapiro. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.